Well, good morning. Morning. Happy Easter. It is just so good to have you guys here. Thank you for coming. Um, and hello to everybody on the patio. Um, I hope they. I hope y'all wore sunscreen on the patio. It is beautiful out there. And um, thank you for coming to our 11:15 service. That's been a little hard to wrap my head around the different times today. So you made it. And again, if this is your first time with us today, or if you haven't been here in a while and have come back, or maybe you're visiting from out of town, we just hope you know that you are so welcome and that you belong. And hopefully you felt welcome from the second that your toes hit the parking lot. If we would love to connect with you, we have four connection counters, two inside, two outside on the patio. And come on out, we have New Life mugs, and we would love to talk with you and meet you face to face. And normally, if you've joined us before, we have treats and things on the patio after the service. But today, because it's Easter and we've had three services, we did things a little bit differently. So we had some donut holes and coffee as you came in. There's probably a little bit left over if you want to grab one as you're leaving, but we won't have our normal treats outside. We'll get back to that next week. But we do want you, before you head out and go to your family festivities or just whatever you do to spend time celebrating Jesus the rest of the day, we have a photo wall on the patio that you can get your annual family Easter photo um, before you head out. So I get to do something, Katie. She's been dying to do this. Yes. All week. Okay, I've been dreaming about this since I was a little girl being able to do this on Easter. Um, so when I say he is risen, you say he is risen indeed. Okay, good practice. Are you ready to do it again? So he is risen he is risen indeed. Indeed he has. <laughs> okay, let's pray before we start our service. God, thank you for just the ability to be able to join together, have a day of beautiful weather, um, a day to remember your death that led to your amazing resurrection that we get to celebrate a risen king who is um, the king of our lives. God, we just pray for grateful hearts. We pray for time spent in your presence um, and just the joy that only you can bring. We are just so thankful for you, God, and we want to celebrate you today and leave today knowing you more than we did before. In Jesus' name, amen. It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter is asleep. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilots struggle. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scar. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sundays come. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling and his spirit's burden. But you see, it's only pride. 
Sunday's come. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning. And evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The earth trembles. The sky grows dark. My king yields his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered. And Satan's just a laugh. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard. And a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a coming. Saturday was silent, surely it was through. But since when has impossible ever stopped you? Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty tomb. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? Sing this this Easter Sunday. This is the sound. Oh, this is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Pentecostal fire Stirring something new You're not gonna run out of miracles Anytime soon Yeah, resurrection power Runs in my veins too Yeah, I believe it's another miracle Here in this room Oh, this is the sound of dry bones rattling This is the praise, make a dead man walk again. 
So this Easter Sunday, we celebrate the risen Christ. Amen. Our God defeated death itself. And that's something to be really excited about. So we just want to sing these words as a church and mean them and believe them because our God is able to do everything he says he is. Amen. My God is able to save and deliver and heal and restore anything that he wants to. Just ask the man who was thrown on the bones of Elijah if there's anything that he can't do. Just ask the stone that was rolled at the tomb. So Ephesians 3 through 5, Paul writes this. He says, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power work within us to accomplish infinitely more then we might ask or think glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. And so what Paul's talking about there is what we're gonna be singing about, the wondrous mystery that is Christ in his earthly ministry. We're gonna sing about that this Easter Sunday. And so I just want you to take a heart posture, wondering, man, what would it have been like to have walked with Christ to have been through everything that he went through with all of his friends and to have followed him. And then for, the, for him to have died on a cross and to have been, been gone for three days, but then to come back three days later, risen, right? And then we're gonna sing about revelation and who Christ has made us ambassadors, children, and we get to inherit the destiny of heaven because God sent his only son that we might have eternal life, amen? So we're believing in, in that resurrection this morning. We're gonna sing of that together this Easter Sunday. Let's, let's lean into that, amen? Amen. the dawning of the king he 
the theme of heaven's praises robed in frail humanity in our longing in our darkness now the light of life has come look to christ who condescended took on flesh to ransom us. Come behold the wondrous mystery. He the perfect Son of Man. In His living, in His suffering, never trace nor stain
Let's give God some praise this morning. Jesus, you are worthy. We are here this morning to declare that you are worthy. You are worthy of everything we could pour out to you, of our song, of our heart, of everything, God. You are so worthy of it. And it is your victory on the cross, your victory over sin, your victory over death, your victory over darkness, God. That is why we are here today. And we give you all the glory and all the honor because you deserve it all. And God, this morning we ask boldly that you would just give us an imagination a prophetic imagination to see what our lives could be like with you at the center, to live like you are risen each and every day of our lives. And God, we invite you into this space today. Holy Spirit, have your way. We even ask that you would just surprise us again. Like those first disciples, like the women at the tomb, God, we ask that you could just surprise us again this morning. We're open to what you wanna do. Have your way today. We love you. It is in your powerful and mighty name of Jesus, amen. You can have a seat. And we are going to continue in that spirit of worship, telling Jesus that he is worthy of it all. Um, and so I'd like to invite our ushers forward to receive our offering today. If this is your first time here, you're new to this whole church thing, don't feel any obligation to give. Um, obviously, you are more than welcome to participate because it truly is a blessing to be a part of what God is doing on the Central Coast through New Life Church. I don't know if you haven't been around New Life in the past couple of months. months God has like been wild. He's just been crazy and it's been awesome. Last week, we baptized so many people. We had so many babies dedicated. We heard testimonies of people moving from death to life, and God is seriously just on the move on the Central Coast, and we are just, you know, happy to be a part of it, and we are along for the ride. So thank you so much to those of you who have been a part of it. Also, this past week, there's not really numbers that we celebrate, but last, last week, we served more individuals and families at our food pantry this last week than we have since our pantry opened, and and so we, you know, we are just so glad that God has chosen New Life to be a part of, of the hope here on the Central Coast. Obviously, that means that more people in our community are struggling. And so we're just blessed that God chooses to use us in that way. And in fact, we're gonna start a, a new series in a couple of weeks called Beautiful Disruption. And we're gonna talk about what the church is because that's what the church is called to be, a holy disruption, a holy and beautiful disruption, turning this world right side up through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we invite you to come back and check that out and be a part of, of that series coming up. We're here every single Sunday, 9 and 11 a.m. We would love to have you be a part of it. And I know we say this at New Life a lot, but um, we truly wanna be a family to belong to and not just an event to attend. So we invite you to become a part of our family. We would love for you. Our family would be richer with you in it. And so we would love to get to know you as you came in. You got a, a bulletin as you came in. It's, it has all so many different ways to get involved between taking a Christianity 101 class. We have things for older adults and kids and youth and women and men and everybody. So we would just love for you to find a place to belong because I also have just been reminded so much over the last couple of months of how much we really need each other. You know, like all of us like need each of us. So we would just love to have you be a part of what God is doing here at New Life. And so everybody take a breath. Well, my voice is not lasting these three services. <laughs> um, whew. Would you just prepare your hearts? Because I think God's going to do something cool today. Amen, amen. Well, good morning, New Life. It is so good to move from the scattered community to the gathered community. I hope you got your amens in order. Uh, because, man, last service, they were talking to me, and I like it, I like it, I like it. So, uh, hey, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to the book of Luke. Luke is in the New Testament, or the second half of the Bible. We're gonna be in Luke 
chapter 24, starting at verse 1. Uh, Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 1. If you go to the New Testament or the second half of the Bible, you'll find the book of Matthew, Mark, and then the book of Luke. And spoiler alert, he's alive. Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody near you and say, he's alive. Which is crazy because like, like you're coming today and, and, and maybe you're new to Christianity, new to this whole God thing and you're not yet aware of what this story is all about. But for the vast majority of us who have gathered here today, we know the end of the story and sometimes that can cause us to kind of be a little bit disconnected from Easter Sunday morning. But I wanna encourage you to lean in because in other areas of your life, you, don't, you know how things are gonna end and yet you still watch the show. Like, like you hallmarkers, you don't go like, hmm. I wonder if they're gonna get together this time. Like, like you don't go into the show that way. Like, like you know that they're going to end up together and you still watch the show or like Full House when I was young, man. Like, like you knew every single episode right around the 25 minute mark, the music was gonna come on and they were gonna solve DJ's problem. Like that was gonna happen. Like you didn't have to guess about that. You knew that that was gonna happen. Some of you watched, uh, went and watched Creed Three, not Creed one, not Creed two, Creed three. And you knew Creed was gonna win and you still paid your money and went, right? Like you did that. In fact, I heard a, I heard a, a guy talking this last week. He said, he said he was talking to his grandma and she wanted to watch Matlock. Matlock, like if you're young, just Google it, all right? <laughs> Matlock. And he looked at his grandma and said, grandma, why are we gonna watch Matlock? We know every single episode, Matlock wins. And she looked up and said, baby, we don't watch Matlock because he's gonna win. We watch Matlock to see how he's gonna win, amen? And, and so what we do is we gather here on Easter Sunday morning, not because we're wondering if Jesus is gonna rise from the dead. We gather on Sunday morning to ask ourselves this, how is his resurrection going to impact me today? How is the fact that Jesus is alive gonna do something into me today? How am I gonna live differently? What is he gonna heal in me? How is he going to lead me into a new way of thinking and acting and believing because he is alive, amen? Uh, you're talking to me. I like it. I like it. All right. So if you have your Bibles and you're opening up uh, Luke chapter 24, here's the, here's the phrase that I want you to get your heart and your mind around today. It's simply this. Live like my king is risen. Say it with me. Live like my king is But not everybody starts there. Luke chapter 24 says this. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. And so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, where are you, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Now, there's a, there's a preacher that says it this way. Nobody thought there was going to be nobody. 
Ain't nobody thought there was gonna be nobody. Like, like you read in the text, like these women were going there with burial spices. Jesus had been in the tomb three days. He wasn't just one day dead, two days dead. He was three days stinky dead. And so they went there not expecting him to be alive. They went there to make sure that his body was going to decompose the right way, that there wasn't smells coming from the tomb. They went there to do the regular rituals that would have been done for anybody who would have been passed away. They saw with their own eyes Jesus be beaten and whipped. And they, whipped. they saw with their own eyes Jesus be crucified on the cross. They saw with their own eyes Jesus come to be taken down from uh, the cross and placed in the tomb, and that tomb was sealed. And so when they come to the tomb, their expectation is, guess what? Jesus is dead. Jesus is dead. And so they were walking among this world, just looking at dead things. And I think we gather here on a Easter Sunday morning and we say the right words. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. We celebrate the resurrection. We sing songs about the gospel, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. We do all of these things. And yet, I think there are probably some of us here today that if we were really honest with ourselves, we're not looking for something living. We're really focused on the things that are dead around us. We're really focused in on the things that are dead around us and we're struggling because we're looking at things and saying, how in the world is this happening? What is going on? I'm not sure what to do. And rather than having hope in the resurrection and rather than having hope in what Jesus can do in us, we are simply walking among dead things. And so it moves on and says this. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. Okay, more to the story, right? Because now this is crazy. You have individuals that were there when Jesus said, hey, I'm going to be crucified. I'm gonna rise again on the third day. And yet they don't remember that. Think about that for a moment. They were there when he was teaching and they, it's like someone's doing fact check on them right now. And they go, hey, go back to, go back to Luke chapter nine, verse, you know, verse 22 and start to fact check everything that happened in Luke chapter nine. One of Jesus' disciples, Peter, says that Jesus is the Messiah, the savior, the king of this world. He declares that and Jesus says, Peter, this did not come from your own brain. This is something that my father has revealed to you. And when he says that, then Jesus launches into a play-by-play -play about what is going to happen to him. Listen to what it says. Luke chapter nine, verse 22, he says this. The son of man, this is Jesus speaking, must suffer many things and be rejected. Check, we watched him suffer, we watched him be rejected. By the elders, chiefs, uh, chief priests, and teachers of the law. Check, check, and check. There's all these three groups and they all despised Jesus. They were all part of his crucifixion. And he must be killed. Yep, check, we saw that. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. Uh, like we saw all the other stuff. Why is it so challenging for us to believe that, that Jesus would be raised back to life? 
Sometimes I am standing there or sitting, watching the TV, and Dana is standing right there. And I am focused. I'm a focused person. I am a one-track mind. And when I'm focused, I could be watching TV, I could be making toast. It doesn't matter. Whatever I'm doing, I am right there. And she could be going on about a story or telling me something about the kids and who I need to pick up and where I need to go. And my mind is focused right there. And at the end, she'll say, did you hear me? And I'll say, huh? Right? And it's because my focus was somewhere else. The words were spoken. The proclamation was declared. This is what was going. Don't you wish sometimes we had a replay booth? Come on, spouses, you know it. Like you were like, okay, argument, let's go to the replay booth. What actually was said, right? No, 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 it's like, like that's what, it's like, sometimes we're so fixated, so focused on something else that we don't hear the truth that God wants us to hear. And so here you have women who, they were focused on the fact that Jesus was wrongfully convicted. They were focused on the fact that they had watched him be beaten. They were focused on the fact that they watched a soldier nail him to the cross. They were focused on the fact that his lifeless body was taken down. They were focused on the fact that he was placed in the tomb. They were focused on the fact that that tomb was sealed. They weren't focused on Jesus' words that he would be raised, from, raised to life. And again, I think we can gather in spaces like this and some of us are walking in and you want to believe that Jesus is real and you want to believe that Jesus is alive, but you are focused on everything else. You're focused on dead things and you can't hear his words. It says, then they remembered that he had said this. And let me suggest, maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe you need to be reminded of who Jesus is in your life and what he can do. You see, we have, when there are significant things in our life, we memorialize or celebrate them in particular ways in order to remember. We celebrate birthdays so that we can remember. Like even like, you know, when, when you're in those teenage years and no offense teenagers, but when you're in those teenage years and you're like, man, am I sure I gave birth to this child? You have a birthday and you go, yep, yes I did, yes I did. I remember how beautiful they were when they were young and how they listened to me when they were young, right? But like, but like we have things that we more... Marriage, we, we take these vows, we say for better, for worse, and for sickness and health, and for richer, for poorer. We say these things so that when we go through those moments, we remember those vows. You don't always feel like being married. You don't always feel like being faithful to your covenant, but you had these vows to remind you of the beauty and significance of what that covenant was all about. And so when, when these people, and da- I love that too, dazzling clothes. Some of you thought your fit was fire today. Psh. That was a Philip phrase, right? Oh, that was pretty close. I mean, I'm older than you, but it was close. Dazzling clothes. Dazzling clothes. Clo- like, I think like sequence. I don't know why. Sparkling. 
dazzling. You went from Good Friday, darkness, sealed tomb, tears, dazzling clothes. The, the contrast is something is different. And when they saw these men and they spoke these words, they remembered what Jesus had said to them. Verse nine. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several older, uh, older, other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. Men. (laughs) Men. But why? Why? Why didn't they believe it? Why didn't they believe that the king was risen? They, They had been taught that. Jesus from his own mouth had spoken what was about to happen and yet they didn't believe. Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. I think one reason is that there was unmet expectations. I think that any time that you are listening to the words of Jesus and you're trying to understand who Jesus can be in your life, that you will come to a point where there will be unmet expectations because we want Jesus to do in our lives what we want him to do in our lives, not what he wants to do in our lives. And so we have these unmet expectations about who Jesus is and how he's gonna work in our life. And it's great, but it's not as great as what we want it to be or in the areas that we want it to be. Like if you've ever had a nice meal and then you get the bill, I wanna be like, this was good. This wasn't $100 good though. You know, this was, this, was like, this was like $25 good. And so what we do is we say, Jesus, I know you laid down your life for my sins and I know that you have forgiven me and, and that's great, but what I really want, and when you start to give him the list of what we really want, you say, no, 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 I need you to, I need you to surrender to me. I need you to listen to me. I need, I need, to, I need you to adjust your expectations to, to where I'm meeting you. I'm not adjusting my expectations to what you want. And that's hard. So people walk away and they're saying, hey, you know, if that's what you're gonna do, Jesus. Like if, if, you're gonna, if you're gonna call me to surrender, if you're gonna call me to let go of things, then I'm out. Then there's fear. It's interesting that if you go through the gospels and you read the stories of the resurrection that are detailed, Here we are celebrating, but in the earliest of manuscripts, what is recorded is not usually celebration. What is recorded is doubt. What is recorded is fear. What is recorded is trembling. In fact, if you go to the book of Mark, it actually actually reads like this. It says in Mark chapter 16, verse verse eight, it says that they they left trembling and bewildered. They said nothing to, to anyone because they were afraid. If I believe, because they were afraid. And, and, And there's this fear that happens, it says that they, they were afraid and they fell down their faces in the book of Luke. There was fear. And there was fear because they weren't sure what people were gonna do to them if they said they believed in Jesus. They were afraid of what people were gonna do to them. What was their outcome gonna be? But I think our fear is different. 
I don't think for most of us we're afraid of what people are gonna do to us or think of, think of us. Maybe what people are gonna think of us, but, but what people are gonna do to us, at the end of the day, we live in a free country and we can kind of believe and live into this reality that Jesus is alive. And so I don't think we're afraid of that. I think we're afraid of something different. I think we're afraid that if, if Jesus died for my sins and if Jesus has been raised from the dead, then the implications of those two things on my life are radical. Like if I truly believe that Jesus has died for my sins and I truly believe that he has been raised from the dead, then the implications of what that, re that response of my life needs to be is all of a sudden like, whoa, I'm not sure that I can live into that. I think people are afraid. Afraid of what that, what that would mean to say Jesus is alive. Afraid to say what, or what that would mean if they declare that Jesus actually died for their sins. And then there's a third area. Some people are just skeptical. In Matthew, it ends this way. Many believed, but some doubted. In Luke, it says the story that the women told sounded like nonsense. They're kind of right. Like, I, th I think we gotta be honest, like, from a human understanding, you're weird. You're here today celebrating someone you believe was raised from the dead. That's odd. Let's just call it, I mean like, from every human understanding, it's weird, it's odd, it doesn't make sense. From a human's perspective, but here's the thing, we don't operate from the understanding as followers of Jesus, we don't operate from a human construct. We operate from a kingdom construct. We operate from a God construct. And so while it doesn't make sense from human understanding, we know that the same God who created all things, that the same God who sent his one and only son, that the same God who laid down his life and said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that radical forgiveness that that same God has the power to raise people from the dead. And so we lean into this new reality. So what changed? What changed in the lives of the disciples? Because eventually, somebody told somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told somebody, you get the point all the way down to you and me, told somebody that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and was raised back to life. And if you place your faith in him, that you can have life abundantly in this life and life eternal in the next, somebody told somebody all the way down to you and to me. So what actually changed? Two major things. One, personal encounter. People had personal encounters with Jesus. All of a sudden, Jesus began to appear to people. He appeared to people who didn't quite believe in him and weren't quite sure what to do with all of this. And he said, he said Thomas, place your finger in, in the palm where, where they nailed my hands to the cross. Place your, place your hand in the wound in my side where they pierced me. He had personal encounters with people. The second thing, they were filled with his spirit. 
When Jesus goes to the right hand of the Father, he says, I will send my spirit. My spirit will fill you. And so these two things of of encountering Jesus and being filled with the Spirit. That's actually what we're gonna, we're gonna lean into as we preach through the book of Acts. In fact, the last time I preached through the book of Acts was 2020. I figured nobody was here then. So, so we'll just kind of like preach through it again, right? And so we're preaching through the book of Acts and I'm, I'm recognizing these two things over and over and again, that people had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ and they were filled with the Spirit. Why are people here today? If you're sitting back and you're saying, I'm kind of skeptical about this whole Jesus thing, this whole God thing. Why are people here celebrating that they believe that Jesus has risen? I will tell you this, and I can't quantify it all the time and I can't put it in a neat box, but I can tell you this, that people have had an encounter with Jesus Christ and they've been filled with the spirit that is why that we have gathered here today and if you're skeptical and you're kind of like like holding it at a distance i would suggest this take a step forward lean into it and don't be surprised if god begins to reveal himself to you in powerful ways don't be surprised if he begins to reveal stuff to you because here's what happens those same ones that were terrified those same ones that were bewildered those same ones that Peter denied Jesus three times. Those same ones who walked without power and without belief, when you get to the book of Acts, they go and they wait. Why? Because their king is risen. And they wait. And they wait because their king who is risen said that he would send them the power of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, it says that the Holy Spirit descends upon them and he empowers them to do the ministry that Jesus has called them to do. Peter, who denied Jesus three times, stands up in the middle of a large crowd and preaches the gospel, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And the reason he does it is because he believes that my king, his king, is risen. When they find themselves being persecuted, Stephen, the first martyr, and they pick up stones and said, hey, Stephen, we're gonna stone you if you don't take back what you said. Why does Stephen stand there and say, bring on the stones, go go ahead? Why does he say that? Because my king, oh, my king is risen. And I know that death does not have the final say anymore. When they come across somebody and, and they're sick and they lay hands on that person, they said, be healed or they breathe on somebody and they breathe on the Holy Spirit. Why does it happen? Because they believe that my king, my, not just the king, but my king is risen. When Paul and Silas are arrested and they're put in prison and they're bound up, you don't find them in a corner cowering in fear. No, a worship service breaks out. Why? Because my king, my king is risen and all the way down to you and me. Because when you're in a hospital room and you're watching somebody you love take their final breath, that is either the period at somebody's end of their story or it's a declaration. Death, you have no hold on me and you have no hold on them. My king is risen. And when you have some relationship that is going through it, and I know it, it goes through it sometimes. We don't walk among dead things. We look with hope to resurrection in our relationships and say, my king is risen. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to think back through the last week, through the last year, maybe through the last decade. 
I want you to ask yourself, God, would you help me see? Would you help me see life? Would you help me see life through the lens that my king has risen? That he has conquered sin. That he has laid down his life for me. That he has broken sin's bondage on me. That he has conquered death. That he has, he has given me power to be victorious in my life. Not easy. Not easy. Now I want you to look up at me. And I want you to think about this. Have you ever been talking to somebody and they have something in their teeth and you're like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? Like the whole time you're talking to them, you just see it. What if we as followers of Jesus, no matter our circumstance, no matter our situation, no matter where we were, what if, what if every situation that we were in, we saw it through the lens, like we can't unsee the fact that our King is risen. What if, what if that, like, like you walk into the most desperate of situations and we go, I know the tomb is sealed, it's three days stinky dead, but I can't help it. I can't help but seeing that my King is risen. Like, like that would be the lens that we would use in our life, in our situation, in our relationships, in our circumstances. And not only is our King risen, but one day He's gonna return and He will make all things new. Amen? So I want you to stand with me this morning. And our team is going to lead us in just a song of response. And I want you to cry out and I want you to praise and I want you to celebrate that our King is risen and that He is worthy of our praise. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. starts changing oh I'm gonna worship till I mean every word cause the way I feel and the fear I'm facing doesn't change who you are or what you deserve I give you my worship you still deserve it. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. I pour out your praises in blessing and breaking. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. Yes, you are, Jesus. You are. Like my king is risen, gonna preach to my soul that you've already won. And even though I can't see it, I'm gonna keep
When I sat by that hospital bed, you were worthy. She could barely lift her head. You were worthy. And after all those tears were shed, you were worthy. I'll never stop singing your praise. I'll never stop singing your praise. And in your blessing in the pain, you are worthy. Whether you say yes or no,
have Courtney and the choir lead us, and we're just going to do voices only here in a moment and just sing that chorus just one more time. But before we do that, there may be someone here that says, why is he worthy? Why are we lifting up our hands? Why is he worthy? Scripture says that God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to forgive you and me of our sins. And that when we place our trust in him, that we can have eternal life. And we can have victory because he walked out of that tomb. Death did not win. Sin did not win. Violence did not win. Christ was victorious. Amen. And so if you're somebody here today and you're saying, hey, I, I want to stop walking around just looking at dead things. You want to know the victory and the forgiveness that Christ offers. Man, it's, he's made himself so accessible. He said, if you would just believe in me, believe in my sacrifice, believe in my resurrection, that you can walk not only in abundant life now, but in eternal life forever. And so if you just bow your heads and close your eyes, there's somebody here that just feels prompted, hey, I came in here, I was skeptical. I came in here, I wasn't quite sure what was going on. I came in here, I was fearful. I came in here, quite honestly, you guys are a bit odd. But today you said, man, I wanna stop looking at dead things. And I want to experience the life that Jesus offers. I want to walk in his forgiveness. I want to walk in his mercy. I've been trying to earn. I've just been trying to be a better person. I've been trying to just grind away, being the best. Guess what? Stop grinding away and receive the gift of God's forgiveness and mercy in your life. If that's you today, I just want you to slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. I see your hand. Amen, amen, amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we lift up those that said, God, I wanna receive your forgiveness. I wanna begin walking in your victory. So God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just wash over them right now, that they would know from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, God, that, that you are who you say you are. I pray that they would know with assurance, God, that you have forgiven them. I pray, God, that part of living like my king is risen is knowing that the labels that have been placed on us by other people are not who we are, that you call us beloved, that you call us son, that you call us daughter of the most high God. God, would you allow that word just to soak into somebody who needs to hear that today? That God, we would place our trust in you, our faith in you. And it's not gonna be easy. It's not gonna be perfect. But God, it's life-giving. So breathe new life in us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Courtney, can you lead us? Choir, can you lead us? And just let's celebrate. Let's just lift up our voices and celebrate.
and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So as we, as we conclude today, I always want you to know that we have a ministry team that comes up here after every service. They would love to pray over you. They'd love to encourage you. They'd love to share with you what it looks like to follow, not only trust in Jesus, but to walk in the ways of Jesus so that you might experience what it is to be fully alive in him. And then as you go today, if you're brand new to new life or new-ish, stop by one of the Connection Centrals and you can connect with them. They have a gift for you. They'd love to share with you again how to make new life, not just a place you attend, but a family that you belong to. As you go today, may you live into the reality and confidence that my King is risen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Grace and peace to you. Hope to see you next week.